from the sports desk of the Ames Tribune, Ames, Iowa, the home of the Cyclones. This is the Cyclone Slant. With sports editor Travis Hines. Now, the Cyclone Slant. Welcome to the Cyclone Slant, brought to you by Ames Ford Lincoln. I'm at Ames Tribune sports editor Travis Hines, coming to you from Jack Trice Stadium on media day for Iowa State football. It may be only August 1st, but it is officially football season now. I'm joined by Dylan Montz and Hayes Gardner here to kind of go over what we uh, saw and heard and maybe some thoughts on the upcoming season. Uh, Dylan, let's go for you. What was the uh, the headliner for you today? Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of what I've been writing about in the preseason that there's pretty big positions that still have some unknowns. I mean, the running back is going to headline it just because you lose a guy like David Montgomery. Um, and the depth chart says it's you know four oars between five guys. So uh, really some um, murkiness there. And then wide receiver, it's there's a talent pool there. There's candidates. Um, but just who steps in um, to go along with Deshante Jones and Tariq Milton is, is kind of the unknown. So I think it's, it's position battles, um, which is perfect topic for fall camp. Yeah, I mean, to me, Obviously, running back is important and something we're going to talk about. But to me, the running back race is more about the offensive line. Sure. Like, what can that group be? Like, to me, that is maybe we didn't get talked about a ton today, but that to me is maybe the biggest question mark. And I was saying to somebody, to me, the floor on this football team seems as high as I can remember. Like, this is, I don't know how good they're going to be, but I feel like I know how bad they're not going to be, if that makes sense. And to me, the ceiling is going to be dictated in a large part by how good that offensive line can be. Yeah, and they're set up to have this be the best year under Matt Campbell. They have four starters that are seniors, one that's a redshirt sophomore in Colin Newell, Ames native. Um, so they've, they've got the guys there that have been in games. They've started all, you know, all five have started the last 11 games of last year. So there's continuity there, but um, you know, it's kind of like Campbell said, until they get out there in a game, you, you really don't know how much growth and progress they've made. So that, I, I think that's kind of the one overarching question I've had all offseason is what is that group going to be? Because I think you can feel comfortable that they'll find replacements for those other spots that are maybe in question. Hayes, what stood out to you today? I mean, I think the running back battle is intriguing. Um, it might not matter a ton because they do have capable guys. So there are a lot of options, but I think it's, it's exciting to, to think about who they might have there. There is uh, the, the idea of a couple uh, true freshmen with, with a shot at it, which I think is uh, interesting. Both the, the coaching staff seems to seriously think one of those guys or both of those guys could see action at points this season. Uh, and you have a few upperclassmen with, with various with various skills, various strengths. So that's something that I, I'll be keeping an eye on, and I, I think that we'll learn a lot more once the games start going, but it, but it, it'll be you know exciting to find out who is in the backfield for, for, for play one of game one. I think another big talker is the return of offensive coordinator Tom Manning. You know, Iowa State went without an offensive coordinator essentially last year. We never wrote about it. Yeah, right? just... 400 times and you know obviously like their offense put up a ton of points so it's hard to say one way or the other how it impacted you know does Brock Purdy see the field earlier um you know do do they hit the one play I mean who knows I mean it's it's an unknowable thing but I think everyone on the football team and staff would say that having Tom Manning back makes him a stronger staff right yeah I think Matt Campbell said it when I talked to him right after Manning was hired is it just kind of aligns maybe what the staff vision is and you know Manning obviously spent time two years at Iowa State with Campbell uh, was with him at Toledo so there's the familiarity there is 
it's hard to quantify, but it, you can talk about how important it is because everybody kind of knows each other's tendencies, maybe what they're looking for. And then Manning spending a year with the Indianapolis Colts, he brings back some some of the knowledge or, or things that he learned there, specifically with the tight ends, which that group I think is poised to have a pretty big year, especially since the wide receivers are, are going to maybe be finding their way early in the year. I think the you know, one of the other two things, the guys that will forever be linked, even though they play on opposite sides of the ball, is Brock Purdy and Mike Rose, you know, having, you know, playing essentially quarterback on both sides of the ball with Rose being the middle linebacker, both playing as true freshmen, both having, you know, really outstanding freshman years. How good can they be in year two? Does the competition catch up? Uh, do they, you know, take another leap and go from, you know, really nice freshman years to all-conference caliber type players? Hayes, what do you see from those two guys? I mean, it is tough to say because part of when, when Purdy came in, he kind of shocks from the opposing coaches. You know, in the Oklahoma State game, they were not prepared for him. And then they said that, and he had an incredible game. So part of it was the element of surprise. Uh, he did put up a great season overall. Um, you do wonder if our team is going to start scheming for him and, and know what he provides. They, the answer is yes. They will be doing that. It will be how effectively can they do it. Right, right. right. I mean, and they – both Rose and Purdy showed how good they can be, so I had no reason to think that they'll take a dip th- this year. Um, but but it, it, it's yet to be seen. And uh, I think Rose was pretty solid throughout the entire year. Uh, I, I think he's set up to have a, another solid, not improved season. I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, I think both of them will probably have improved years. I think it'll be easier, with air quotes around it, for Rose to have a better year because, to me, he did so much last year on just sheer effort and being – you know, going 100 miles an hour on every snap. You add in a year of knowledge. You add in an off season of skill work and technical work. Like I think that can allow for a big leap. And I think you know, on the other side of the ball, you know, Purdy's position is so much more detailed and so I think more difficult to play because there's so many decisions in front of you and there's so much emphasis paid to you by the opposing coaching staff that's going to make it hard for him. That's not. I would guess he'll probably overcome that because he's a, you know a very good player. But I think. To me, that's why I'd be a little bit more bullish on Rose making a bigger leap because I just I think it's easier to take that next step uh, with where he started. Where Purdy, I think, is already starting at a pretty high level, you know, from some of the technical aspects. Well, and then you talk about the guys that are around him. Rose is in the heart of yeah. probably the best defense in the Big Twelve, if not top two, maybe um, one of the best that's ever played in the stadium. Uh, absolutely, you you talk about the defensive line that returns with any Iwazurike, Ray Lima. Jaquan Bailey, then you have Marcel Spears at linebacker, you have Greg Eisworth in the secondary. So there's a lot of pieces around that are going to set him up. Um, you know, even if he, say he's even just the same as what he was last year, he's set up to have another really good year because those guys will alleviate pressure. Now with Purdy, I think he will have another good year too just because he, you know, it's easy right now because he's saying all the right things and we still got to see it. But I think the onus is obviously going to be more on him because he doesn't have a weapon like David Montgomery in the backfield. He doesn't have a weapon like Akeem Butler that he can just toss it up to and know that he's going to go make a play. So it's going to be more up to him. It's probably early on and maybe later on the season it's going to depend on who steps up, but he's going to have to go make plays. Yeah, I think that's a really good point on Purdy. There's, you know, he's going to be the focal point not only because of he's the quarterback and a returning quarterback but because those two other huge pieces are gone like that's it's going to be an interesting year for him and it'll be interesting to see how and he's got a new offensive coordinator so i mean there's a lot of newness for a for a sophomore quarterback anything else you guys want to hit on dylan yeah i think um 
you know, we talked about some of the uncertainties with positions, but we, we alluded to it there. The continuity on defense, I think, is going to carry Iowa State while they try to figure out some of these offensive problems. Or not, I guess shouldn't say problems, but offensive questions. questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I mentioned, the defensive line, I think, uh, has been has kind of underscored maybe what they've done um, with that 3-3, you know, stack kind of system the last couple of years. And, you know, uh, Matt Campbell said today that Ray Lima, it's probably, uh, you know, he said the entire reason that they have, have turned the corner as a program just because of um, not only how he's carried himself, you know, in the locker room, but I feel like uh, I've heard defensive. that said about Joel Lanning, yeah. Alan Lazar, Kyle David Kemp. Montgomery, Kyle Kemp. So there's a lot of guys solely responsible for the culture. Oh, to be fair, that is a pretty good group. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, again, that, that experience is, is going to really kind of uh, – keep Iowa State's head above water while they figure things out. So I think that's probably another thing. And then you can talk about other position battles, but that's kind of uh, – but I, that's what you're ultimately hoping for is that you have a strong enough defense that you can rely on them in that way. I think the, what we're going to finish here, a lot of expectations for this team with all that they have coming back. Their, the coaches poll just came out today, the 24th. 24th. The preseason top 25 coming off the, the, the bowl uh, in San Antonio. A lot of optimism surrounding this team. My question is, do expectations matter? Are, do Does this team have to deal with success that they earned last year but haven't necessarily earned this year while people are expecting them to take that next step? Or you know, is it are they living the cliche of blocking out the outside noise, only our walls matter, only the people in this locker room matter? Is living with expectations something that's going to be a challenge for this team, or is it a non-factor? <laughs> it probably a cop-out but it's probably going to depend on how they start the year uh, if they start two and two and everybody's kind of chirping about what's going on with them like say they they've lost to Iowa and they go down and lose at Baylor then people are going to wonder what the issue is so I think it's just a matter of you know like Matt Campbell said and it is a cliche but it's kind of um, putting up walls around the Bergstrom complex and, and not paying attention to things but that's going to be hard. There should be walls there already right? There is a lot of construction going on around there too with the new facility so maybe a it, moat yeah a yeah bridge dragon let's yeah. just go full medieval yeah. on this. <laughs> Hayes what's your thoughts on that I guess question slash problem slash conundrum I mean they, they've earned a lot of a lot of hype, and for, for good reason, but it is tough to replace two kind of program-changing offensive players, which they are. So I think the offense, I, we know the defense, I think, we can be pretty confident that they're going to be good. The offense, I, there are question marks because you return two receivers, you don't return backs with a ton of experience. So a lot of you know skill questions on the offensive end, I think that could kind of determine if this team does reach the potential that everyone's kind of hyping them up to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't, I think we've seen for three years under Campbell, and every team is different, but there's at least a track record where success hasn't really been that big of an issue for them to deal with. I think on like the basketball side, we've seen that at times where they do struggle with success at times. I don't think Campbell's teams has had, had really had that issue, even when they had that November swoon two years ago. I think that was just a team that was rail thin on the depth chart, just running out of gas. I don't think that was dealing with success. I don't think we saw that last year. Um, so I don't think it will be as big an issue now how do you deal with if you start out 4-0? How do you deal with pressure? Like, now you're knocking on the top 10 if you're opening the season in the top 25. But, like, you're just just by sheer math, mm-hmm. you're, you're moving up and knocking on the top 10. You're all of a sudden getting, like, hey, can this team go to the college football playoff? Is, you know, is a Big 12 title? Like, that stuff will happen immediately if they go undefeated in September. 
how do you deal with that kind of pressure? Now, th- th- those are good problems to have because it means you won a lot of football games. With it. So I don't think it'll be an issue early. It'll be, I think, if they're successful enough or, uh, in the first month, five, six weeks of the season, how do you deal with not necessarily expectation? Because I, I think the expectation around this team now is optimism. It's not uh, the bar to clear or we're going to be pissed off is like the, the feeling I get from the fan base. So people are really excited because I think this football team can be really good. I think if you start off the season really well, then all of a sudden it's like there's so much on the table and not getting it is a scary, I think. Um, but So we'll see. I kind of lost the thread of what I was talking about. But I think it'll be very interesting because there's a difference between optimism and the pressure of expectations. And right now I think it's optimism, not a pressure of expectations. Uh, and last year they, they started off a, a little slow maybe, and they lost a few games early, and they, they bounced back to have together a, a solid season. It's easier to do that, to start off poorly and then turn it around and kind of change the narrative. It's harder to start off really well and then sustain that. So that, that could be the challenge for them this year. All right, I think that'll wrap up this podcast from Media Day at Iowa State Football. Be sure to check out amestrib.com and the actual physical newspaper uh, for plenty of coverage from the uh, three of us. We'll have video, obviously this podcast, and tons of stories coming not only from today but all of fall camp and into the season. Uh, So we appreciate you guys subscribing to the podcast, to the paper, uh, to the digital side, rate, review, all that good stuff. Um, Should be a fun and interesting season, I think, all around. So uh, we hope you stick with us for the ride, and uh, you'll be hearing again from us shortly and frequently. Thank you for listening to the Cyclone Slant brought to you by Ames Ford Lincoln. We will catch you next time.